It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Can the Falcons land a surprisingly good wide receiver in a down draft class? We'll talk about some options and some targets on today's Locked On Falcons. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Sirius Black, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, and the very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And we thank everyone that makes this illustrious podcast their first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So today's episode is a jam-packed episode where I have multiple guests talking all about the wide receiver position and some potential targets that they like for the Atlanta Falcons. And we know that wide receiver is going to be a need for this team. And I certainly think the sweet spot for them to select a wide receiver in this draft class is rounds two through four. I know there's been some buzz that maybe they could take one in round one. I did personally think that's a non-starter. I don't think there's a top 10 caliber receiver in this draft class. Now, in a world where the Falcons were to trade back in round one, certainly I think you could certainly rule uh, you. I wouldn't rule out wide receiver as a potential option, but the idea of the Falcons using three straight first round picks on pass catchers on a run heavy team just doesn't hold a lot of water for me. Uh, I know the team is is trying to be more balanced and all that stuff, but you know, yeah, they're going to be a little bit more balanced, but there's still going to be a run heavy run first offense, you know, evidenced by the fact that the wide receiver that they went out and spent the most money on was Mac Hollins, who is most widely known for his blocking ability. Uh, but you know, that one receiver that I think sort of stands out above the, this draft class is Jackson Smith and Jigma, the Ohio state wide receiver. And speaking of him, my first guest on today's episode in Matt Waldman will break down why he thinks Smith and Jigma is the wide receiver one in this draft class and why this wide receiver class, while the perception is that it's down, may be a tad bit underrated and we'll break that down and full disclosure before we jump into that conversation with Matt Waldman, this was the end of a 45-minute conversation that I had with Matt Waldman last week on the pod. So if you hear us talking about things that we already discussed that you haven't heard us discuss, like Desmond Ritter and whatnot, that's because I only just cut out the, the last you know segment of that episode where we were talking about the wide receiver position. And if you want to check out Matt Waldman's uh, rookie scouting portfolio, I'll put a link in the description. So without further ado, let's jump into that conversation with Matt Waldman about this wide receiver class and some potential options for the Falcons throughout this draft. So Matt, uh, here with Matt Waldman, rookie scouting portfolio covers lots of uh, different positions and prospects in the NFL draft. We've talked about the quarterbacks. We talked about the running backs. Let's talk about the wide receivers. And I've heard a common knock on this crop of wide receivers that is not a great wide receiver class. Do you think that's a fair statement? Or is that just simply because there isn't the sort of alpha number one 
receivers that we've seen the last couple of years that's kind of missing from this draft class? I think the the a convenient, simple answer is it's not as good as recent classes. I think a more nuanced answer is that there's a lot of intriguing talent with some boom-bust properties to their games, which means that there, while chances are very slight for this to happen, if it comes together for enough of these players, especially the players I have in my second tier, um, this could be one of the best wide receiver classes we've seen, even though people aren't going to look at it that way because the chances of that happening are small because a lot of them have what I would call um, ball tracking, ball positioning issues, like positioning themselves against defenders downfield, being able to use their hands in the right position, knowing how to attack the football. And those are things that can be hard to overcome if you've already ingrained it at this this stage of the game and do it so um, on a serial level. But there are, I think there's, you know, six to eight players in this class that I think that could contribute at a decent level immediately and maybe even start and become good pros. But yeah, there's not your, you're not looking at, you're not finding a Jamar Chase in this class or an Olave or a Garrett Wilson necessarily. You, you may have three or four guys that can give you like what Devonta Smith really is, you know, and then maybe in two to three years, they can develop into there. Maybe you got some guys who could be a Stefan Diggs or a Michael Williams or, um, you know, um, a Julian Edelman type of player. Good players. And if they all hit well, you could say, wow, this wasn't a class of, of superstar primary guys, but this was a really rich class. It's so it's a strange class. That's the best way I like to put it. So for that, with that in mind, who who sort of is the top guy for you in this class? Who's the guy that you would, you know, maybe bet the most on, you know, emerging as that sort of premier receiver in this in this group? I think Jackson Smith and Jigba, like most people probably probably have that. And the reason being is that he's got reliable hands. He's a skilled route runner. His release skills are strong already at this stage of the game. You're going to use him mostly out of the slot. You can use him a little bit as a flanker so there's a little bit of versatility there reminds me of kind of a mix between julian edelman and greg jennings um so with him he's he's just a best bet to be kind of a a 100 catch receiver in an offense um and the team that's going to take him most likely is going to go that mcveigh route of saying we need a slot receiver and he's going to be on the field a lot now a lot that's part of why this team this wide receiver class isn't seen as as strong because if we're moving towards the running game more often with the types of plays we saw, we're moving towards more two tight end sets or big slot receivers um, and doing that in a manner where you're not going to have the slot receiver on the field anymore. Look at Hunter Renfro and what he did a couple years ago for the Raiders and then look at what happened when they played more, uh, you know, 11, but they used a bigger units overall or maybe even use 12 more often and you you know teams like to go multiple when they can when they have a good running game because it's tougher for defenses to defend when you have two tight ends on the field so you could see the slot receiver that age of the slot receiver start to shrink a little bit with some of these offenses not all of them but enough that it may impact how these guys are valued yeah you know the raiders now with current falcon mac hollins basically it's 11 personnel but it's it's kind of 12 personnel with mac hollins on the field out there you know yeah 
Yeah. So, um, you know, with the Falcons probably not targeting a, a, a wide receiver early in this draft, who are some maybe mid round guys, maybe third, fourth, whatever um, round guys that you would sit there and you would say that guy has a chance to become a quality number two in this league. Cause I think that's what the Falcons are looking for. Someone that they can line up across from Drake London. Well, I think, you know, one of the guys that comes to mind right now is Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State. I'm a big fan. I think he can start or at least be in a starting rotation immediately. He's not unbelievably fast, but the threshold for what's a starter in the NFL is in that 4-5-5 range, to, to be honest. So he has good burst. He has great change of direction skill, terrific catch radius. He can break tackles. He's a good runner. He's a decent blocker. So he gives you all of that. He's a savvy route runner with a, you know, who can catch the ball. Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. I'm a big fan. I think that he has, he can shore up his hands a little bit. His routes need a little bit more tweaking. But once he does, I think he can play at least two positions in the league. He can be flanker or a slot. Um, he might even be able to play three if you really needed to push it. He's kind of like a Stefan Diggs starter kit, you know, um, and there's a lot to like on. He also gives you a lot in special teams. So he ties the room together a lot because he lost Olamide Zacchaeus. He lost a little bit of Bird, you know, you, and those guys provided a speed element to you like Reed can provide. Um, but also Reed can do, do has a little more upside than those guys do. I think he has, a, you know, and I like Zacchaeus. So I, I think, you know, he, he probably didn't get as much of a chance as he could have had. Um, Marvin Mims. I think Marvin Mims is a guy that could drop a little bit to that third or fourth round. He's a Derek Mason type. And if you remember Derek Mason, he had a lot of thousand yard receivers in ten, um, receiving um, years in Tennessee and some in Baltimore. If you needed him to be your number one, he could actually do it because he had the ball skills against tight coverage. He was a good route runner, skilled after the catch. And, but he was probably more likely your like number two who, play who delivered statistical production that was close to number one receiver type of value mims is that kind of guy kind of in that again mason or santonio holmes mode um you know uh, if you want to go bigger because you're thinking you maybe if you don't want to run two tight ends all the time um but you want to or you want to keep splitting out pits and you on some occasions but you want to have that element that can block inside jonathan mingo of Ole miss um, is fast enough to be an outside receiver. He has excellent ball tracking skills. Um, he is um, good after the catch. And again, a solid blocker. I think he could develop. Those are guys that come to mind in the, you know, in those rounds. And then I would say later round, Grant Dubose out of Charlotte. I'm a big fan. Um, he's again, kind of in that Xavier Hutchinson mode, 6'2", 201. Four five speed, maybe low in the low four fives, or I'm in mean the upper four fives, you know, closer to four six, but still he has starter level acceleration and elite change of direction speed. That's more important to getting early separation. Um, he runs well after the catch. He's a good blocker, a guy who could develop down the line there. Um, you know, that guy to me fits the bill. Um you know, Keelan Harris might be interesting out of Oklahoma Baptist. He is, um, he, he has that, he's just electric. And if he can make that transition from, you, you know, from that, the level of football and play like he, it looks like he can, you know, he's a really reliable 
receiver with a wide catch radius and tough for his size. Um, so those are some guys that I think right away. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I've heard a couple of people mention Mingo as a possibility in Atlanta. He's been a player that seems like his stock has been steadily um, being boosted up over this process. So certainly uh, one, uh, another sort of confirmation that he should be a player on the Falcons radar, but Matt Ritt, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your insights, let the people know about the rookie score, scouting portfolio and where they can find the rest of your stuff. Sure. The RSP is an 18 year old publication now, and I've been doing it since 2006. It is one of the two most purchased independent draft guides by um, NFL scouts and personnel people, according to folks like Alex Brown, who is the head of recruiting at SMU and also has worked with Tom Herman at Houston and then also was the head of recruiting at Rice. So he meets with these guys and sees, talks with them and knows who they who they read, what they purchase, things like that. Um, it is a, a draft guy that covers 150 skill positions on the offensive side of the football Um and I give you my complete process. I show you tra in a transparent way how I score these players. And I, it's a large doc PDF document you can download, but it's bookmarked. So it's easy to access things and you can jump around and either read the scouting profiles that are really in depth, or you can just look at rankings with a little commentary. If you just have time to look at some tables, or if you want to dive into my process and see how players relate, um, are kind of scored relative to each other in stack ranking formats and, and how I define these rankings of all these skill sets that I look at, you can do that too. And then I have a post trap that's a part of the, the price um, of $21.95 that comes out one week after the draft. If you're a fantasy football player, well, I've been writing about fantasy for 20 years in addition to doing this. So, you know, I write at footballguys.com, one of the oldest and largest um, websites. They do fantastic work. And, uh, you know, you can... I give you cheat sheets with, that are tiered and kind of help you out. So if I tell you that Nick Chubb was better than Saquon Barkley, and and if you and most people thought I was crazy about that, but you know, again, if if you go, you know what, maybe he's he's not so crazy. He's not telling you to draft him over Saquon Barkley. He's going to show you the average draft position of where um, you know fantasy leagues that he's monitoring are taking him. And then he's going to show you where he values them and give you the sweet spot of where you can maximize that value. So you get all that, a newsletter, $21.95. You can go directly to mattwaldman.com or mattwaldmanrsp.com to purchase. Um, and, uh, you know, we also donate to Darkness to Light, a great organization based in Charleston, South Carolina, um, d2l.org. Uh, we raised over $50,000 since 2012. Uh, over $55,000, excuse me, and we're going to make it over sixty dollars um, this year, I'm pretty sure. So, um, you know, great organization. You feel like you help give back, and you get a, a nice football product that also gives you some fantasy appeal for sure. So thanks again for uh, letting me share that. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Always appreciate you having uh, coming on and, and sharing your football insights here. Uh, you know, going beyond the, the typical running back conversation that we've had, you know, it feels like annually for like the last couple of years here uh, and, uh, you know, getting your thoughts on, you know, Desmond Ritter and some of these wide receivers. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, if the Falcons draft some of these players, uh, sort of seeing your, your post-draft analysis in the RSP uh, to, to sort of break that stuff down. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. It's going to be fun to see 
you know, what direction they go. Um, I like what the offensive line did in, in, in certain spots last year. I feel like that maybe there's a chance for that to come together. And if that does, Atlanta's going to be back in the back in the hunt again because even what you know, you need a quarterback, we need all the skill players, but it's what happens in the trenches, man, that's going to make those skill players really shine. Absolutely, man. It feels like I've been on Lockdown Falcons complaining about the trenches for like ever. So yeah, it does feel like things are heading in the right direction there. And we'll we'll see if the skill positions, you know, sort of come together for them. But things seem to be looking up for the Falcons. We'll see if it all comes together for them this year. Uh again, wanna thank you for joining me on today's episode. And I look forward to our future conversations because I guarantee you will be back here on Lockdown Falcons at some Beautiful. point to talk same here so guys want to thank matt waldman for joining us on today's episode there's still more to come with matt waldman on the locked on falcons podcast in the coming days but we will move on to our next guest on today's episode this is savion mixon who covers the falcons for blogging dirty and this is the beginning of that conversation with savion so you won't be as confused and we'll talk about some of the wide receivers that he likes that he would like to see the falcons target uh coming up on today's locked on falcons but It's the time of grand slams, no hittles, and double plays. They're all back, and there's no better place to get in on this MLB action than with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, and new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That means if your first bet doesn't win, you get bonus bets back. All you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up and claim your no-sweat first bet, and whether you want to bet on the spread, the money line, you can do what I like to do, which is bet a little so you can win a lot in a parlay, and FanDuel has a great parlay builder especially for baseball where you can combine bets on who's going to hit a home run, who's going to get a hit, who's going to get an RBI. So the next time Austin Riley goes yard or Matt Olson or Orlando Arcia drives in a run, you can cheer even louder because you just made a little bit more bank. So don't miss your chance for that. No sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you join FanDuel today and on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up FanDuel, an official partner of major league baseball. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, you are back with another illustrious guest here on the Locked On Falcons podcast. We are talking with Savion Mixon. You can find his stuff on the Falcons at Around the Block, the new Millennium Falcons podcast, and one of the newest contributors over at Blogging Dirty. I believe technically this is Savion's second appearance on the pod. He, I think he had a brief cameo on the show during the Senior Bowl week. I don't know if you guys saw him or you heard him, but he was in the room at some point uh, when we were doing our Senior Bowl recap. So Savion, my friend, welcome back to Locked on Falcons. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was I was in the room. I was working on something for around the block. Um, I'm pretty sure if you didn't hear my didn't hear my voice, you heard me typing on a computer. So, yeah, I would I'll say it's a quick cameo. <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely. So we'll get Savion's full analysis on some of the players that the Falcons could be targeting at some positions that we don't spend a ton of time talking about since we tend to focus on corner and edge. And let's kick things off with that wide receiver position. We've seen the Falcons add a couple of players in free agency, but nobody that you sort of look at as the long term asset. So I think going into the draft, the Falcons will have an opportunity to get that guy that we can plug across from Drake London. Uh, for years to come and so Savion you know who's a couple of guys that you have your eyes on so I love that you put it like that because the first guy that I was talking about um, that I want to talk about um, would probably be a Scotty Miller replacement which is uh, Tyler Scott um, one thing that I noticed when I was reading uh, a little bit of the beast from uh, Dane Brugler which by the way that is a ridiculously <laughs> well done article just in itself on the athletic. He said that Tyler Scott's average TD catch in college was 44.6 yards. That That's just insane. Take the When you say take the top off, that's exactly what he does. Really good footwork, uh, great stop and start, both in and out of breaks. Um, and, of course, the biggest thing, he has a rapport with Desmond Ritter. And so, you know, it just it, it makes perfect sense. He's a deep threat, 4-4-4, 40-yard dash, 39-and-a-half-inch vert. It, it it just it just makes sense when you when you look at it when you bring in the rapport with Ritter just him as a deep threat it's just it's a perfect match. Now, what point do you think Tyler Scott will be a target for the Falcons? That's a day two selection. More than likely, I mean, I think they have mocks going to him, go, uh, having him go to the Patriots as early as forty six. So I'm I'm thinking that if we do pull the trigger, it have to be at forty four. Um, but I don't think that's a bad that's a I don't think that's a bad investment when you look at somebody that could easily yeah. be here if you're if you're committed to Ritter could easily be here throughout Ritter's tenure. Yeah, I think that's fair. And definitely adds that speed element that you're talking about, that explosiveness that you, you definitely would love to tag team with Drake London and the Falcons running game to make teams pay when they bring that extra defender in the box. And uh, you can have Tyler Scott just, you know, go over the top. But um, Savion, who who else are you looking at in this draft class at the wide receiver position? So I'm not really looking at any first day guys. Um, another, another couple of guys that I'm looking at, of course, Cedric Tillman, big physical receiver out of Tennessee. I mean, he's a pretty good refined route runner. In my opinion, the better of the two receivers at Tennessee. Um, great, uh, really good blocker, re- really good contested catch guy. I think he would be exactly what we were looking for in Brian Edwards um, on that sideline and just, you know, just a big physical uh, outside receiver. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think, you know, we know Arthur Smith loves his ex receivers uh, and Sedgwick. Tillman is a player that a lot of people look at as one of the potential top X's in this draft class. And I think, you know, comparing him favorably to Brian Edwards, you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I just don't see why not. I mean, he's a, he's a big guy. And I mean that four, five, four, 40, 39 inch vert. Great in great um, contested catch guy. I just, I, I, I don't see why not. Yeah, definitely. And you know, He's a player that really had his best games against best competition, like Alabama, Georgia, those types of games. So uh, exactly. certainly if you, you want to see what he can bring to the table against some of the best secondaries in the SEC, he, he definitely brought it. 
uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, who else do you have? Anybody else? Got, got one more name, and this is just a pure propaganda guy that I'm going to continue to spread as much as possible. His name is Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. 51 receptions, 861 yards, five touchdowns back in, um, back in 2022. 247 of those yards happened to be against Vanderbilt. Um, and that's when you kind of seen his uh, run after the catch ability, uh, his ability to just get behind a defense, use that, what was it, 448, 40-yard dash speed. I mean, the dude is just, dude is just fast. And if you, if you just wanted to get a guy that, you know, can also give you that in the run block, uh, give you that in the run game as well, while also being able to take the top off, I think that you can get that in Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we have a speed guy and two size guys, I guess you could call them. I think uh, Mingo's a bit of both. So, yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, so certainly a, a couple of options for the Falcons, you know, pick your flavor when it comes to that. And I think those are a, a, a bunch of solid sort of uh, options for the Falcons, you know, in that two to fourth round range. Is that a fair statement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so somewhere around there, I think it's probably the sweet spot for the Falcons to be able to get their wide receiver and get a guy that, you know, they can sort of pencil in as that long-term number two receiver, and we'll just sort of have to see how the draft goes. But I think those uh, in Tyler Scott, Cedric Tillman, and Jonathan Mingo are some great options for the Falcons in that range. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us with Savion, and we'll have more to come from Savion in the coming days and later this week where we talk a little bit about some of the safeties and running backs that he thinks the Falcons could potentially target. But we'll wrap up today's episode talking with Scott Kennedy and Kevin Knight once again on this podcast who we've had multiple conversations with them over the last couple of days and if you want to you know first up is scott and if you want to find more information on scott you can check out his youtube channel at scott kennedy as well as his written content over at allfalcons.com so let's jump into that conversation with scott kennedy coming up on today's locked on falcons is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, uh, Scott, let's uh, talk a little bit more about some of those players that could help impact that. Moving on to round two in terms of some potential options for you there. Uh, who are who are some of the players that you're looking at at that pick 44? Oh, I don't know. There's some of the guys I like that don't necessarily make fits for the Falcons all the time. But um, one of the guys I love, and I don't think he'll go as high as 44, but he's starting to get a lot of chatter right now. And the Falcons did bring him in on a visit is Jonathan Mingo. Uh, you were there. He's a wide receiver from Ole Miss, and I, I wrote it in a headline. Sometimes I'll, you know, clickbait. I'm like, you know, we we have to. It helps. It just helps us make money. We apologize in advance. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Scott. <laughs> I've never clickbaited anybody. Um, but I said, you know, is he the next Cordero Patterson? Is he the Cordero Patterson replacement? Why? Because he's 6'2", 225 pounds, runs a four four six. Now he's not the crazy kamikaze that Cordero Patterson is, but he is a big thick wide receiver with sticky hands 
that is a mismatch against a 185, 190-pound defensive back who's going to break some tackles and punish some guys in the secondary. Aaron, you were down there in, in, in Mobile and got to watch him a little bit, but I am a huge fan of Jonathan Mingo of Ole Miss. Yeah, he was a player. I haven't really gone back and watched him from this past year, but when I was watching the quarterbacks last year, watching Matt Corral, and he was a player that kind of stood out to me on film watching then because certainly Matt Corral did not stand out to me watching him on film <laughs> last year. But, you know, some of those weapons he had. Did. Aaron, I turned him in to watch Matt Corral and all he did was run the ball. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can't really get a good scouting report on this one. We haven't seen him since. I know he's battled injuries, but the the Ole Miss fans can be kind of nasty to me on uh, on Twitter. So they, you, you say anything about it, hey, nice throw from Kenny Pickett. Uh, Matt Corral could do that better. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't talking about Matt Corral, um, but yeah, he's, he's good too. Uh, that's fine. Um, Trey Palmer is another guy that was down at the senior bowl wide receiver from Nebraska. The Falcons have also brought him in for a top 30 visit. He, Aaron, he surprised me. I'm watching this guy. I'm like, okay, he's good possession type receiver. He runs nice routes, catches the ball in traffic pretty well. Four, three, what? You know, and then he goes, I had no idea. I had no idea he was that fast based on the type of routes he was running because he was running precision routes. He was running outs, curls, stops. He wasn't running straight go routes where you get to see him really open it up. So when you like him as a possession receiver and then you find out, oh, by the way, he runs in the four threes, he becomes real interesting. And if we're talking about sneak, I don't even know if it's that sneaky anymore. Anybody listening to Locked on Falcons, is, they're, they're a diehard. You know, they, they know the ins and outs. They listen to you. They're on the educated side of the fan base. Receiver is still a need for this team, despite the fact that they've thrown two top 10 picks into the receiver position in the last two years. So Jonathan Mingo, Trey Palmer, I'd be pretty happy with either of those guys. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and both of those guys bring a nice combination of size and speed. I, I think the Falcons need more speed at that position. We know Arthur Smith loves his size at that position. So, you know, it, it is one of those things where you're looking for those players that kind of bring the best of both worlds at that position group. And I think you named two uh, guys that certainly stand out in that regard. So that's going to do it for us with Scott. And I want to thank him once again for joining us on the podcast. So let's move the conversation forward with the conversation I had earlier with Kevin Nine. Of course, Kevin's written content is over at the Falcoholic. You can find his podcast at Falcoholic Live, or you can find the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast. So let's jump into our conversation with Kevin, where he talks about the wide receivers, as well as some corners that he likes in round three. So, guys, here with Kevin Knight of the Falcoholic and the Dirty Birds and Bruce podcast, and we've already talked a little bit about some of the Falcons' day one and second round targets. And now, Kevin, whether you want to go third round, fourth round, seventh round, whatever the case may be, you know, who are some other players that you're sort of circling as potential Falcons and that you would love to see this team add uh, when we get to Friday and Saturday of this upcoming draft? Yeah, I mean, I think the same position groups still apply from the from our previous round discussions. It just depends on who they haven't taken yet. I think corner in particular at 75 is the one that I always come back to. I think the corners on the board at 75 are almost always good. Um, you all, like It's such a deep class that some guys are going to fall, whether that's really surprising guys like DJ Turner, which shocks me whenever he's still around there. It's not that crazy. I mean, I think um, Jordan Reed, who is definitely one of the more plugged in draft analysts, had Turner going like 69 in his seven round mock draft, um, which is only a few spots away. So, I mean, that's not out of the question. I would just 
fly to the podium for DJ Turner, which is what he does on the field. I mean, this man ran a four, two, six. Um, I mean, I, I guess I thought the NFL was going to take Tariq Woolen a lot higher too. And I still don't understand what, what, what happened there, but um, DJ Turner, definitely like a smaller corner, but uh, really, really good speed guy. And tape is really good. Uh, you know, guys like Clark Phillips, just a really good player, but small. Um, you know, I think you're tempted to take him if he's still there in the third, just because he's, he's good enough. Um, you just figure out where you're going to play him. Maybe he's a matchup guy on the outside and plays most of the slot, but um, I really like Caillou Blue Kelly too from Stanford, uh, one of the better senior bowl corners. And the Falcons, I think, are going to be playing a lot more man. And that's what Caillou Blue Kelly does. He's a really good man corner. Doesn't look as comfortable in zone, but if they're going to play, play mostly man coverage on the outside, especially, um, I think he'd be a perfect fit. And I think he'll play really well as long as you keep him in man coverage. Uh, I think he can learn to play zone better. It's not like he has athletic limitations or anything like that. It's just, uh, so much more comfortable playing man. I think he, he just is a really sticky guy there. And then um, the edge guys, I don't love as much in that range. Occasionally guys fall, but I, I, I think typically I don't go edge in the third round. Um, there could still be interior guys, interior offensive line guys out there at that point. Um, you know, it just depends on, on who falls. But uh, I think in the third round is really also a wide receiver spot. Um, I think, you know, I mentioned Marvin Mims. It's really rare that he falls that far, but I would certainly pounce on the opportunity to add Marvin Mims at, at that point. Um, and then there's a lot of other guys there too. Um, you know, Cedric Tillman does occasionally last until 75. I would jump on that. Um, he definitely seems like the Arthur Smith archetype <laughs> at wide receiver. And I think he's a lot better than his 2022 film. I mean, you watch that 2021, it's really impressive. I like Jaden Reed. Um, you know, Tyler Scott, uh, if they're looking for a speed guy, um, I think it's a little early for Tankdale. That's maybe more of a day three thing, but there's a lot of, of really good wide receivers in, in that range. Um, so yeah, typically in that third round range, I go like corner or wide receiver. That's generally what I'm, I'm most happy with. So guys, that's going to do it for us here on today's episode, another jam-packed episode, and we have more in store for you on tomorrow's episode. Probably we'll be having Matt Waldman back on again, where he did a, a pretty solid job breaking down sort of how we need to evaluate in the kind of the timeline when it comes to evaluating Desmond Ritter this upcoming season. And there's more to come from Matt Waldman later, uh, you know, as we gear up for the draft. Got more to come from Savion Mixon. Still have some parts of the conversation I had with Kevin Knight and Scott Kennedy that we have left to air. But I think also on tomorrow's episode, we'll do a 53-man roster projection, just kind of a preliminary one. And that will sort of tell us where sort of the remaining holes on this roster are. And I think that will sort of inform us on what areas of this roster that we will likely see the Falcons address in the upcoming draft. So that will be in store for you on tomorrow's episode. And again, want to shout out all my everydayers that make Locked On Falcons your first listen. If you guys aren't making it your first listen each and every day, make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And for your second listens, of course, if you want to get more in-depth into this NFL draft, make sure you check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson, as well as the Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes podcast with Joe Marito and Kyle Krabs. It's all part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.